Well, yeah, and I, I think the best skill that somebody can have is the ability to say that I don't know. My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit CompeteEveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. Welcome or welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast. I'm excited you're here as my man Tom Bowser joins the show today. Tom and I got to know each other a few years ago. Tom has been a loyal member of Competitor Nation, and I had the chance to work with him as a speaker at one of the events he was the chair of and just really hit it off. The guy has just a passion for helping others, for growing, for improving his life, and and really making the most of the time he's got here. He is the CEO and president of the Ohio Trucking Association. He is on the leadership council for his national fraternity. He's an active member at his CrossFit gym there in Ohio. And the guy as well just loves to travel and enjoy life. So Tom and I get into how in the world do you balance it all? How does someone effectively balance being in a leadership position within two organizations, building and improving his health and fitness from someone who used to weigh well over 300 pounds to also just balancing life outside of work, having some social aspects, building relationships in that regard. And so Tom's going to peel back the curtain a little bit on what he does to manage it. He's going to talk through a few of the things we've worked on together in terms of with his calendar, with time blocking, with the importance of planning his day every single day. So there's a ton of takeaways if like him, like me, you're trying to do a lot in life and you want to do a lot in life. You don't want to drop the ball as a parent. You don't want to drop the ball as a spouse. You don't want to drop the ball on your team and your career. And you definitely don't want your health to go by the wayside as well. So that is a lot of what today's conversation is about. I can't wait for you to meet Tom because he's a great guy and shares a ton with us today. Before I bring Tom onto the show, I want to encourage you if you haven't headed over to the store yet, Head on over to CompeteEveryDay.com. Check out our March shirt of the month, Earn Your Luck. It's not luck if you earned it. It's all around that idea that when other people see competitors succeed, what is their first response? Must be nice. They just got lucky. I'd do the same thing if I was as lucky as they were. They create all of the excuses in the world because they know the truth that they didn't put in the work. And they assume no one else is putting in the work like them and people that are winning are just getting lucky breaks. But we know better. We know that success is the result of being willing to show up every day and do the work. That sometimes when you chase success, you don't win. Sometimes you fail. Sometimes you have to learn from those experiences in order to take it on again and win in a future opportunity. And so we know these, quote, lucky breaks are anything but. They are earned opportunities because it was the choice to show up every day. It was the choice to get better every day. It was the choice to be resilient when you face failure that led you to this opportunity. And so it's not luck. It's earned. So if you resonate with that message, if you're someone every day showing up doing work, if you're tired of people selling you must be nice because they're jealous of the success you're reaping from the work you're putting in, 
grab one of those new shirts, those new tanks, and you can use the code podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to get 15% off that shirt or any order in the store. Grab yourself one of our Win Your Next journals, pick up a copy of my book, grab a flag for your office or your garage. Anything and everything is 15% off with the code podcast as our way to say thank you for listening to the show each and every week. Now, let's welcome into the show, Tom Bowser. Thanks for having me. Honored to be here. Yeah. I Well, I feel like, you know, maybe we'll just do a part two in the future where we both have a cigar and are doing this in person because I feel like that would be fitting sitting around having that kind of conversation. And so today we'll do it over Zoom. We'll let the listeners tune in. But dude, I'm excited for this. We've had a chance to work together, but I'm fascinated by you because you not only are the CEO of a state association, you helped run the executive council of all the states. You have a huge leadership role with your national fraternity. Oh, by the way, you are active as a CrossFitter training, going after the Open every year, even though this year we have a fun goal that I know is driving you crazy. <laughs> but man, I just, I got to ask, what what does this idea of work-life balance mean to you? Or do you have a new way you look at it? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's funny how life events change your mindset on on things like that and you know i i was always so heavily driven by work and you know that that professional professionalism and and you know and, and achieving that and and a lot of that was driven by you know being raised by a, a great man who admittedly you know he himself admittedly was a workaholic right and so when i lost him i kind of had a lot of life direction shifts and, and really one of the things that I, that I looked at from that perspective was, was, can I be great at my job and great at other things as well and not sacrifice that? And, and, and the reality is I think a lot of people don't feel that like they have the time to be great at a lot of things. Yep. Um, and I think society teaches us, Hey, you know, you can only be great at one thing. I, I, I don't, I disagree with that. I think, that our ability to be super productive in what we do allows us the ability to be great at a lot of things. And, and, and it's a challenge and it's something that is, takes constant work to get done. But yeah, you know, it's it just kind of that, that life realization that you can be great at a lot of things if you want to. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You, you mentioned that one of the things that, you know, is going on, we're recording this here mid February uh, for those that CrossFit we're getting ready to hear tomorrow, the announcement of workout two. Uh, but I was reading the book on Roger Bannister and breaking the four minute mile and, and the two other guys that were chasing it at the same time. And the thing that stood out to me about Bannister when he broke it is he was very much adamant about having a life. He was in med school. He was interning at the hospital. He would get 30 to 45 minute windows to train for breaking the four minute mile. And nobody had ever done that. And then he would still go out to social events and, and society events there in, in the UK or Britain and wanted to have a life outside of it. And that was a huge part of his goal is the other two guys, one was in college and that's all he was doing racing all the time, every weekend training. And the other guy in Australia was, was similar. He was out of school, but he was racing pretty much all the time, training two to four hours a day. And so Bannister, even though he couldn't train at that same time was adamant. So that's why I kind of wanted to chat with you because not only 
are you having the mentality to fit in what you want and integrate your life? But you also have, have kind of gone through some physical changes with it. You know, a lot of people may look at you now and say, okay, Tom, how old are you today? Uh, 48, 48. <laughs> think 48. About it. So yeah. <laughs> so late 40s. Yeah. They'll see you, man. You're doing the open, you're training, you know, you work with a nutritionist, you you're heavy into CrossFit, and they think, okay, well, that that must be nice. You know, I I would have to if I started sooner, but you weren't always in the shape you were in now. And so from a physical journey side, take us back a little bit to when you decided to make a change and kind of what the catalyst was. And then how did you add that new activity into what you were already doing? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've, I've been 300 pounds a couple of times in my life and, you know, I've, I've struggled with weight um, ever since high school. Um, you know, I was a, a offensive lineman and really that your job as an offensive lineman is to eat right. And, you know, eat everything you can get your hands on dude. Cause they want yep. you big and they want you to move stuff. And so, you know, that's what I knew. And then I got out of that and, and just quit working out and quit doing anything, but it kept eating. And, you know, that, that was the, that was the issue is, is that I just didn't have that balance and, and didn't work out. And when I did work out, it was, you know, 20 minutes on an elliptical somewhere in a hotel when I was traveling. And, and, yep. and I, and I came up with all the excuses and I've been on literally all, all of the diets. I mean, I can explain every one of them in, in great detail and none of them worked. And really for me, it was that whole lifestyle switch. And, and that was the thing is, is I was sitting in traffic at a particular intersection, waiting for probably 20 minutes to get through this intersection. And, and at that intersection was the CrossFit gym. And I've, watched the CrossFit games and thought, Hey, it'd be cool, but there's no way that I can do that. And, and, um, and, and I've, and I've said this numerous times. I mean, a lot of people watch the CrossFit games and think they can't do CrossFit. And I get, and that's like watching the NBA and thinking you can't play basketball. I mean, it's just, you, you just, you got to step up and, and do it. And that's what I did is I just turned the car in and, and, and did a workout and then went right away to the ice cream shop next door. Cause I was just totally gashed. And <laughs> you know, but it, it became a lifestyle, right. And it became important to me. And, and again, I go back to my, you know, watching my father pass away was, was he was the guy who went to work, came home, had dinner, sat on the recliner, read some more, did some more work and, 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 and watched him have a great life. I mean, amazing man, amazing life, but very sedentary, didn't really do much. And, and, you know, and saw the impacts of that. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm not going out like that. I'm going out because I fell from the top of a rope climb or, you know, because I did Fran too fast and I couldn't catch my, you know, I didn't want to, I wanted to go out at, at the, at the peak performance. So, you know, that, that's the thing that I, that I look at is, is you've got to find that motivator in your life and it can be simple things, but you've got to know what that is and you've got to have it close to your heart and you have to like rely on that. You know, those are the days that I, I don't want to go to the gym. I mean, and, and, and we all have those. Yep. Those are the days that I go, like, those are the days that I really go because I sit, sit and go, okay, I made a deal with myself and I don't go back on my deals with myself. I don't, I, I, or I'll ask myself for a refund. And, and so that's something that that's important to me. And I think that's important to find and, and, and you can't, it doesn't just magically fall in your lap. You have to realize it and you have to, you have to move forward with it. And you have to know that we're greater than what we think we are. Why do you think this, this choice joining the CrossFit gym and then obviously 
sipping the Kool-Aid now, having a nutritionist, really tightening, going after goals, personal goals in the open and other things, other just area competitions. Why do you think this one stuck when your past challenges didn't? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it was it was the um, the camaraderie, the friendships, the feeling a part of something, and that you know the interesting part is 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 I had a conversation with a volunteer in the fraternity when I was just out of college, um, who was a priest, and you know we had a conversation about why the fraternity was important to me and really what it did, and it filled the void that camaraderie void from team sports is, you know, I was looking for something. And, and I think that that's really the help is, is that community that's there, you know, and, and, and the, the gym that I go to has an amazing and has fostered an amazing community. And, and I think that that's what's helpful is, is that you get texts from people like, where are you? What are you doing when you're gone for a while and, and whatnot? And so I think that that was that camaraderie piece and helping people out and being part of the gym to help foster that. And that's one thing that, I, that, that I've always believed very heavily in is a service to others. And that's why I do a lot of the volunteer work that I do and a lot of the other stuff that I do. And, and, and that's what helps me out is, is that I can walk up to people and they probably think I'm weird because I pull out my phone and I show them my original picture. And it's usually looks very similar to the way they look. And I said, Hey, you know what? I've been there. Like, I know what this feels like. And I know how hard it is and, and being able to help them further their journey and is just so rewarding that it keeps you coming back. It's, it's, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that just kind of fuels your, fuels your heart. You know, that, that right there really uh, sheds a lot of light. I will say on some of the other areas and things you do, because I know you're involved, obviously your fraternity, you run a state, the state trucking association, which is a lot of lobbying, a lot of dealing with politics, but it's a lot of relationship building yeah. and having relationships and same on the fraternity side. And so where did that kind of, I would say, goal or just the attitude of looking for a way to connect and help others come from? Because you're doing it now in multiple areas, but you use it at the gym as a way to connect with people new. Where did you start using it professionally that you remember? Or who do you remember learning that from? Well, you know, the, the interesting part about a lot of us is, is the extroverts are actually introverts, you know, and, and interestingly enough, as a high school kid, you know, I really wasn't out there. I would, you know, I would do a lot of wild and outlandish things, but that's just because I didn't know how to act in public. <laughs> you know, in reality, I mean, some people may still think I don't know how to act in public right now. But, um, you know, the interesting part is, is that when you really start coming into your own and realizing what fuels you and what gives you energy is I feed a lot of my energy off of other people of making those connections and meeting folks and, and just having having that, you know, that, those conversations and, and, you know, you and I chatted. You had on your podcast. You had, you know, you know Raymond Harris, and and yep. after that podcast, I just reached out to him and said, "Hey, let's go have lunch," and we had a great conversation. In fact, you know, that was interestingly enough. Like, uh, he he texted me right after the first open workout, um, you know, asking me how it went, and and so you know, it, it it's it's being able to feed off of that and finding out what your passion is, and that's the thing is, I think a lot of people miss out on that and they feel like they need to to live inside this little box and they can't 
reach out to people and people in Instagram and whatever else are untouchable. But, you know, the reality of it is, is, is everyone's accessible and everybody likes to either help be part of helping somebody else or answer questions. And, and I think a lot of people shy away from that where I've always been the opposite of being very inquisitive and, and getting that energy off those conversations with other people to just make the phone call. It's easy. And people want to get that. Like there again, who doesn't want to get a phone call that says, Hey, I think you're really great at this. And I want to know more. Um, and people like eat that stuff up. And, and so that's the interesting part is, is in, in working for the fraternity and, and, and volunteering at the fraternity, there's just some amazing men and women that are involved in that organization, you know, working for the, the trucking association, just amazing business men and women who have just lived these life experiences that some of us will never even, you know, fathom. And, and to be able to, to, to glean some information off of them that can help you make your life better. Uh, it's, it's hard not to just take that opportunity and, and, and go for it. And, and there again, it's like anything, right? The worst thing that can happen is they can say no. And there again, you're not out anything if they do. And all you have to do is stand to gain so. So yeah, just, you know, being able to understand what, what makes you tick, what makes you drive and, 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 and just kind of following through on it. Yeah, I love that. I think about, you know, being at the gym back when I would CrossFit before my body just completely fell apart on me. You would see somebody doing a movement and you would go over, just kind of go over and ask, how do you do that? Show me what you do that. And in the gym, a lot of times there's some hesitancy, but we're a lot more willing to ask those questions in that space versus we are with our career. And we let our ego get in the way and we we don't want to ask others to learn from them. But that's really what's so important and valuable about not only growing your knowledge base, but your network of investing curiosity into others because you genuinely want to learn. You're not trying to use folks. You just want to learn how they did it to get better. Um, and I, I think that's a underutilized skill by a lot of people, especially the higher we get up in our career, we tend to more and more want to protect our ego and not look like we don't know something or we have to start over with something. And so that's where I think that idea of walking into a gym, whether it's a CrossFit gym, your first Orange Theory class, trying a weightlifting sport or a high rocks challenge, something out of your comfort zone where you have to go back to being a rookie. And the mess that is a rookie is one of the best things you can do, especially if you're incredibly successful in another area of your life. Well, yeah, and I, I think the best skill that somebody can have is the ability to say that I don't know. And, and the interesting part is, 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 you know, with my job, I've had the opportunity a couple of times to interview Jimmy Haslam, who mm -hmm. uh, owner of Pilot Flying J and owner of the Cleveland Browns organization and the, and the Columbus Crew soccer uh, team. And um, the interesting part when people talk to me, they say, what do you notice when you meet Jimmy and talk to Jimmy? And I said, the interesting part about him that's just always is amazing to me is he never talks about himself. He is always asking questions. Like that's the interesting part is, is whenever I meet him, I got to get prepped almost like mentally because I know I'm going to be in the hot seat. And I, the interesting part is, is, is I, for him, it is, it's the ability to, you know, he gets to control the conversation because of his personality and who he is. And he wants to know about you. He he's he can talk about himself anytime he wants. And that's what people want to know and that side of it. But he really wants to know about you to find points of connection, to find areas, and, and he'll he'll ask follow-up questions. So he's actively engaged in the conversation. It's it's the most amazing thing that I've ever experienced. But 
because you would figure that somebody of that stature would just want to talk about themselves. And, and that, and I've learned from that is, is I try to ask more questions than say comments in, in an in initial conversation is to learn from them, to see who they are, what sort of connections we have. Um, and then just to pick up little nuggets here and there. And it's just amazing the, the, the volume of knowledge of just kind of wandering down the street at any given moment. I love that. I love that. Well, I, I want to switch gears back to briefly, you know, we teased about everything you have going on. We've talked kind of how you got into fitness and, and really the importance of that curiosity and, and willingness to say, I don't know, but I want to look at like nuts and bolts of kind of your weeks, your months, how you, how you balance being leadership role of a national Greek organization, uh, an executive of a state association involved nationally with those associations fitting the time in to go or making the time, I should say, to go work out, to prepare. How do you go into kind of each week with what you need to get done and making sure you kind of stay focused on those priorities so you can succeed in all those areas? And oh, by the way, life outside of work as well, making sure you have space created for that too. Yeah, I mean, it... that's the constant challenge is, and especially in today's environment is, is, is making sure that you have things planned out. And, and there again, it, for me, strategy has always been a strong point in a professional capacity. And it's just been recently, and you and I've done some great work on this of, of that personal planning side, that habit planning side, um, the daily routine kind of planning stuff. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I use uh, an online project management software for our office, but I also use it in my personal life. I mean, literally the first thing I check off of that task list is, is a task that's called wake up and get up. And, you know, that's the first thing that I do is, is check that off. And, and so you've got those routines, you've got that planning in place, you know, like you've taught me about taking that plan and breaking it down into its parts that you can control and those parts that you can break down to the smallest possible piece. Um, and then the, and then the time blocking part of it, you know, my staff laughs at me at my calendar because it's just constantly full. And I think if you look at my calendar, you would think I'm extremely busy. Um, but the reality is, is it, it's just very efficient that if I have something to do, if I don't plan it and say, okay, you know, at two o'clock today, I'm going to be doing X, Y, and Z, like, then I'm going to be looking, quote unquote, for something to do and end up on, you know, some social media site or, you know, watching YouTube videos of, you know, how to do double unders or how to do something, you know, with now that it's the open, it's the tips for the open workout, right? Yep. Is managing that time because you only have so many hours in a day. And, and I've never found that sitting at a desk for an extended period of time makes me overly productive. And so I try to break up my day in ways that I can get to multiple things. But if you don't focus that hour or half hour on a specific task, it just gets lost. And, and there again, something comes up and you got to move it, be flexible enough to move it. Um, and, and don't throw your hands up and go, well, I guess I didn't get to it at two o'clock, so I'll never get to it. Yeah, you'll get to it. You just got to find a different time that works. You know, it, calls pop up, things pop up. You know, as you said, I, you know, I deal in the political realm. There's always a, you know, there's always a fire somewhere at some obscure time that that needs to be, you know, needs to be taken care of. So, 
being able to be flexible in that, but have that plan at the same time and, and fall back on those habits to make sure you get them done. And that's so, you know, Sunday night is meal prep and workout prep and planning. And every morning is um, time blocking, spend a half hour every morning time blocking my day um, just to make sure that A, I get a review of my calendar. So I know if I can wear a hat that day to work or if I got to put a suit on. Um, you know, and, and as well as being able to time block everything and know where everything fits. Um, and so that makes you productive. And then, and then, and then again, as you said, you know, the, the personal time, spending time with that time block that too. I mean, that's, that's what you can do is, is put in there to say, Hey, you know what, I'm going to have dinner at five 30 and you know, it's six 30 to seven 30. It's playtime with my kids, put playtime with your kids on your calendar, like make that, that same priority that you would that meeting uh, that you have, you know, the next morning at 10 30. So, you know, I think that that that's what you can do to, to be able to get that done. And, and, and it, it, it's tedious and boring, but boring makes the world go around. Right. I mean, that's, you know, you got to embrace the suck. So that it, that that you 100% do. The other thing that you know we talked about is like finding those pockets to where you could be better utilizing time. So like one of the things we we used to laugh about was uh you're a very social guy even though you know you say you're the introvert. You're a very social guy. And like all of us we love to socialize when we get to the gym. And then we like, crap, I need to do all this other stuff. So we talked about like, how can we, how can you, Hey, you want to work on handstand pushups today or pull up progressions? Like, how can you grab that person you love to chat with and say, Hey, let's go work on this while we talk before class. So you're getting the engagement while knocking out that one thing. And all of us, it just takes stepping back to say like, what's getting in the way or what can I combine to make sure I get that stuff and then putting it on the calendars we've talked about it's so important uh, my calendar is similar to yours it's covered and you would think like I'm always busy but like I block for writing I block for spending time on LinkedIn I have those recurring habits and when I have a day where I find myself sitting at my desk a little longer than I should and I start to notice I'm just answering a lot of emails I'm not like I will literally throw on my headphones turn on some music and do a lap around our neighborhood with or without a vest. It's a mile. So, it, you know, 10, 15 minutes, like not a long walk, but just enough. Give me sunlight. Let me reset. And then let's go again for whatever else I had time blocked that day. But you got to plan it. Commitments are in calendars. And that that's a, a cool thing. The other thing I think you do really well that we've talked about it a few times off air is just you set quarterly goals for each area. It's, you've got annual goals, but really it's quarterly. Like, what do I want to do this quarter or CrossFit? What do I want to do this quarter for the fraternity? What do I want to do this quarter for the association? And then from there, we break you break it all the way down to like, okay, what do I need to have done by month two, by month one, by what am I doing every day? And then you throw those into your calendar. So you're not having to think about what do I need to get done today? You already have a really strong outline plan and then just adjust it based on what is very specific for that week. Has that been helpful from a grip it and rip it type old school baseball, just get up to the plate and swing instead of overthinking it in terms of what you need to do to attack the day? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I overthink everything, but, um, as, as, as you gave me the rules for the open this year, which I, and that, that like. was, so I have to do the workout at by 3 30 on thursday it gets announced on thursday at three i have to have it started by 3 30 so i can't overthink or strategize of it and then the worst part is, is i can't look at the leaderboard the entire opens 
which is driving me absolutely crazy. So, but, but let, let's talk about that. Cause I think there's some <laughs> learning in here. So one, I am a recovering leaderboarder myself. I know what it's like to spend a day staring at the board, even just a local workout with the gym of like, Oh, did I beat the top dog? Like the games guy, like how close did you get? But we talked about Friday nights is a big deal. And for those that aren't familiar in CrossFit in the open, Friday nights is kind of Friday night lights. It's a big deal. Usually that's when a lot of people do the open workouts. Gyms make a big hoopla of it. It's a, it's a fun experience. But when we talked, you know, because you've done it a lot, you're into this. People always want to talk to you. They want advice. They want helps. And you get mentally drained before even doing the workout. And then sometimes you don't, you don't prep as well and get stretched as well because you're kind of judging and doing all this other stuff that then you finish the workout and you think, oh, I didn't do as well. And you want to do it again because everybody wants to do their workout multiple times, even though they're absolutely horrible. And so it just kind of throws the whole progression. So we said, okay, let's do it Thursday without thinking about it. So Friday night, you can do what you do best, connect with people and lead at the gym and be that support. Talk to them about the experience, guide them. And then you can redo it Sunday, which gives you another day or two to say, hey, I'm going to do my strategy different. I already have one score. I don't know where my score is on the board. I just know if I did it again, here's what I'd want to do different when you try it. And then when we get to the end of the few weeks, we'll figure out where you are on the leaderboard. But it it forces one, It what I was hoping to do was relieve the pressure you have on Friday night to be everything for everyone and perform physically at your best, which is impossible to do. And the second is to get the eyes off of who around me do I need to beat and just say, okay, what do I need to do to go balls to the wall? Yeah, no. And it works. I mean, definitely Friday was a way different experience for me. It's completely relaxed. I could speak with an educated mind and say, yeah, Hey, this is what I did. And, and the interesting part is, is this one work, you know, this particular workout for 23, one, the first clean, you were like, Whoa, like something, this is heavy or than I thought it was. And then the fifth to seventh clean hit everyone like a hammer and it hit me like a hammer too. So that's what I said to people. I'm like, Hey, you need to be mentally prepared for that. So, yeah, I mean, it did, that definitely did, did help me out there. And, 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 you know, the leaderboard thing is what it is. I get it. Right. It's just, it's a, it's there again, it's a mental will thing. And, and there, that's what I'm taking it on as that challenge to not do that. Um, you know, and, 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 and the interesting part is, is, you know, we talk about this, like I can't control what everybody else does. You know, my favorite thing about, the leaderboard is how people lie about lie on it all the time. And, and like, even during the open, like they put in fake scores just to see their name at the top of the list. And then they put in their correct score the day before it's, you know, the hour before it's due. And it's like, why are you wasting everyone's time? But you know, just put your real score in and, and it's, be ego. About it. it's, yeah, it's, it's ego, bad ego, it's bad mojo. Um, but no, I mean, the thing is, 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 yeah, I mean, definitely we'll get back to the, to, to breaking it down in a, in a, on a quarterly basis is you do prevent that overthinking, right? So that's the thing is you take that day where you sit in there and whether it be in your office with a whiteboard or whatever, and, and you break everything down the it, it's, it's, it's the meal prep of the work is you're saying, Hey, here, like I'm doing all the hard work up front. So now all I have to do is execute. And let's be honest, any, businesses, businesses, plan, strategic plan, life plan, any plan whatsoever. Everybody sees that big goal. That's the annual goal and thinks, well, how do I do that? Like, I, and then they get overwhelmed by how monumental that goal is instead of breaking it down and go, Oh wait, like I want to read X number of books in a year. Well, that seems, you know, yeah. When you started on December 25th, 
to get that done by the end of the year, you ain't going to get through that many books. But if you break that down to, you know, my thing was, is read five pages every day. Now it's read a half hour every day, you know, because some books read quicker than others. It's amazing the volume of, of literature you can get through by saying, I'm going to just commit a half hour yep. every morning to reading. And so when you take and break that down to its individual parts, it becomes so much easier to, to tackle and it's easy. It becomes second nature just to get up and do that, to, to, you know, to, to put those things into place or, you know, to, to organize them, but it takes the discipline every quarter to spend a day away from everything else and block everything else out and focus solely on, all right, this is what I want to get done this quarter. And this is how I'm going to break down getting it done. And, and being able to understand that and, and put that in, in on paper and write it down and say, hey, here's the deal. Like, this is what I need to do every day to get it done. And, you know, and, and it's, so it's just kind of one of those things that it builds on itself and, and it just pushes you to just to, you know, to continue to do more. And, and it's helpful, um, but it's, it takes a lot of discipline to do it you know, and, and, and some time to do it. And people don't like to do it because it's uncomfortable and they're making their body do things that they don't want to do. And their brain do things it doesn't want to do. And it makes it a challenge, but yeah, I mean, it, it pays off in dividends because everything becomes second nature. It becomes simple tasks instead of monumental tasks and they all build up and, and they go over time. And, and yeah, guess what? You're going to miss like, I just got done with a, with, with a great book. Uh, you and I both read it called top dog. And yep. now I'm trying to search around for another book that hits with me. Right. And, and so, yeah, so there's been some days I haven't read 30 minutes happens. It's okay. Give her a shot the next day. And, and that's, and that's the biggest challenge I think people run into is they feel that if they don't do it, they'll never do it. Yep. And it's like, you just didn't do it that day. Pick it up the next say, day. It's never go. letting the losing streak start. Right. Yeah. The uh, if you need one, I am almost done with the talent code by Daniel Coyle. If you've never read it, um, it's fast fascinating on the the development of skills and how it's just a lot of the things I talk about. It's not what you're born with, but how do how do groups get developed? How do talent hotbeds suddenly pop up? What are the things we can take away from it? So same guy that wrote the culture code that leaders listening to show have heard me talk about time and time again. One of the best business books, I think. Um, in terms of developing your team and organization as the culture code, but Daniel Coyle, add that one to your list. And then I'm about to dive into the biography and story of Ernest Shackleton. So I'll keep you posted on that one. If it's uh, if it's something of interest, but dude, this has been fun. I, I liken what you just talked about there. It's a slingshot. Taking the time is like pulling it back and aiming. You yeah. can just run and fire a slingshot all day and you're probably not going to hit your target most of the time. But if you pull it back hard, if you take the time to have the right aim, you're more likely to hit your target. And that's really what you're doing throughout the day is you're letting yourself go farther and more accurately towards your goal by taking that time at the beginning to plan it out, to, to meal prep, to take away the, what do I need to be working on and when throughout the day to just having it laid out for you so you can attack. And we know the brain fatigues like anything else. And the later in the day we are, the harder it is to do the tasks that we need to, because we we're losing willpower. We're losing that fit, mental fatigue. And so having it planned out, having it on the calendar really eliminates a lot of that dude. Uh, I appreciate your time. It's always fun to jam with you. Uh, tell anybody, where do you like to hang out on social media for anyone listening? that would love to follow or connect. 
So yeah, LinkedIn is probably the better yeah. one. Um, you know, on Facebook and Instagram, I'm on there, but literally I have had Instagram uninstalled from my phone for the last month. I think I have not oh, installed it. So that's my hack to stay off social media is uninstall it from your phone and only install it for a certain amount of time at a, at a, a high school uh, gal at the gym go in absolute shock when I told her I did that. So, um, but yeah, it's uh it is a uh, very, very interesting experience to uh, to be freed from that. But yeah, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Insta, I'm all, I'm all on them, but don't expect me to respond real quick, but happy to, happy to reach out to anybody who wants to connect. Dude, that is what I would call a perfect radio tease, and you didn't even realize it because this episode today, we've gone live. It's March 15th, and Friday, March 17th, episode 627, we're talking about ways to better guard your mindset. And one of them is about changing social. So not only do we really mention what you just said about deleting the apps off your phone and how you can use them, but changing the colors on your iPhone. Um, I did it a while back. I stopped doing it for a couple of reasons while we were taking pictures. And then I had somebody I know posted again on LinkedIn of how he does it. Uh, and when I started doing it again, it was a game changer of like taking out all the colors in your phone how it changes your interaction with your cell phone. Uh, it's pretty cool. So I appreciate that that tee up for Friday. But Tom, man, always a pleasure. Excited to see what happens for you over the next year. I know the next couple of weeks as we're recording this, the leaderboarding is going to be a little bit of a pull. But man, what a confidence builder you've got built uh, and what fun you're doing. So thanks for taking been, the time today. Been fun. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for all you do to encourage everyone to, to be their best. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit competeeveryday.com.